Dr. Benjamin Bones had no opinion on Christmas. That is to say, he had no polite opinion on Christmas. His actual opinion, the one he knew better than to say aloud, was that Christmas was a disappointment, a raising of hopes only to dash them, a festival of flash and dazzle which, come January, was hard to pay for and even harder to justify. That was Christmas. Disappointment with a price tag. It didn't help that Cornwall, famously temperate compared to the rest of England, had turned bitterly cold, or that the cold made his recently injured left leg ache in the morning and throb all night, or that the woman who'd been right in front of him, the woman he'd found himself falling in love with, could never be his. She's back with her husband, I should be happy for her, he told himself. His coat collar was turned up, his red scarf double-wrapped, his fedora pulled low. In Ben's native London, these clues, along with the grim set of his mouth, would have signalled passers-by to give him a wide berth. In his adopted village of Birdswing, they had no effect whatsoever on the residents, who ranged from sociable to pathologically friendly. Oh, Dr. Bones, I hate to interrupt, said Mrs. Parry, but you've been standing outside Owls for five minutes. Are you quite all right? He took a deep breath. Mrs. Parry sounded sweetly concerned. But then she always did. She lived directly across the street from him, and whenever he so much as stepped out to take the air, her white lace curtains twitched. If Special Constable Gaston knocked on his door, or Lady Juliet roared up in her crossly, Mrs. Parry invented some reason to wander over for a closer look. She knew his affairs as well as he did, perhaps better. For a moment Ben was tempted to say so but looking into her face, he just couldn't. Mrs. Parry was a nosy Parker of the first degree, but that didn't make her concern for him any less genuine. Her gaze was soft, the corners of her mouth turned up hopefully. Her son had been killed in the Great War, both her daughters had married and gone away. A young widower like Ben triggered both her instinct to snoop and her desire to nurture. Has it been five minutes? I didn't notice. Hello, Mrs. Parry. Ben lifted his hat the way his father had taught him. All the way up, son, show daylight between your hat and your hair, none of this brim-touching nonsense, and smiled. What sort of errand are you on? Christmas shopping? Good heavens, no! I go to market in the morning like a civilized woman, she said, looking over her shoulder at the sun, which would set in less than an hour. I dashed out in search of a mermaid. Beg pardon? A mermaid, Mrs. Parry repeated. A very particular one, for my friend, Mrs. Smith. I'm afraid if I don't find it and bring it to her soon. She glanced both ways to be sure she wasn't overheard before finishing softly. She'll die. Letty Smith? It was too cold to linger outside Howell's Nonsuch, a grandiose name for a modest little shop with frying pans and calico aprons in the front window. Come inside and tell me. When I looked in on her last month, she seemed comfortable enough. The bell tinkled overhead as Ben opened the door for Mrs. Parry. She entered at an angle, as the shops along this stretch of Birdswing's High Street had been built around 1845, when materials were scarcer, Cornish men were smaller, or the knackers, those tiny mischief-makers said to live in old mineshafts, drafted the plans according to their personal needs. A heroically built woman like Mrs. Parry had to squeeze through the doorway.
while Ben, though only five foot eight, had to duck his head in order to enter. Stepping into Howell's nonsuch was like stepping into the pages of a children's fairy tale, one with shoddy line drawings and only a rare splash of colour. The low ceiling appeared even lower because of the detritus hung from the rafters. At the back of the shop, on a stool behind the counter, sat a bald little man in a velvet coat. If this is a fairy story, he's the shoemaker in need of some elves, Ben thought. The little man looked up from his book. He was balding with a few thin grey wisps on top. His face was impossibly craggy, the lines stacking up on his cheeks and nearly obscuring his eyes when he smiled. But the smile was so bright and so broad and so utterly real, Ben instantly revised his idea of the man. If there's any magic here, it's in him.